this is the um, this is the second episode of the Billingtons in the Heart of Oldham podcast. That's what we're calling it. I'm going to tell you about it because you'll have never heard of it and never been on it, obviously. But we've created this little podcasting area in Billingtons, and we're going to talk to all the people that are going to be on at Billingtons performing or involved in events and whatnot, and also. Because it is in the heart of Oldham, what else is going on in Oldham? You know, we, we, we're very keen to be at the heart of what's going on in Oldham. And we know that there is things going on in Oldham that, that we want to find out more about and p- interesting people that we want to have in here for conversations. So you're both very welcome. Thank you. So would you like to introduce yourselves first and tell us why you're here? Gelly, you, you should go first. Okay, my name's Gelly Berg and I run, amongst other things... I run a social enterprise called Lingua Franca World Community CIC and that's about promoting music from all over the world with musicians who are based in Manchester but are from all these diverse countries and sort of raising their visibility and income. So that that's what the company does. So we have creative projects which are funded, but we also have um, an attached trading arm, which is Lingua Franca World Performers, of which Carol is one. That's a good link. You, it sounds like you maybe worked in radio or something like yes. that, the way you did yes, that. Yes, I worked professionally all, did that. all FM, <laughs> community radio, almost from its start. Yeah. Um, I started in 2003. Yeah. And finished in 2013, so I had a few years behind me. Okay. And I trained in the old Radio Regan, right. which was the very start of community radio. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Carol. Hello. Hello. And thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Thanks for coming. My name is Carol Jason, and I'm a musician. And uh, Gelly and I met initially singing in a choir. Uh, it was 2013. And uh, it was a wonderful choir project that took us all over the area. It was um, a multi-faith women's choir. And we both met women of different cultures, uh, religions, some people of all faiths and none, as they say. Yeah. Uh, but we both enjoyed our shared love of jazz and different genres of music. Uh, my own background, I come from a musical family, so, uh, mum, yes, we were, we were the Jackson family, but there was only four of us. <laughs> right. We were the Jackson four. Mummy played the piano. Daddy played the drums and had a lovely light baritone voice. I played, uh, well, I was having my piano lessons, but then daddy bought me a guitar when I was 12. So I played like rhythm and folk guitar. And my little sister, who's incredibly talented, Joanne, um, she, played uh, clarinet and sang and we had our own family band and we would go out into the community we would sing at the local church at the local synagogue when it was Christmas uh, because we grew up in South Manchester we would go into Christie Hospital and entertain on Christmas Day and Boxing Day to give the staff a little bit of light relief and yeah. sing some I don't know Jewish songs and Christmas songs and English songs and folk songs and jazz songs <laughs> we'd have this huge uh, repertoire and we did that every year growing up so I think as far back as I can remember I always knew I wanted to entertain I wanted to be in front of an audience I wanted to play and I wanted to sing so that's my background yeah so you were born to perform <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's it's that kind of um 
nurture and nature thing, isn't it? It's like it's obviously in your, the family's DNA. It yes. goes back probably centuries, doesn't it? It sounds like so. it's just part of so. your family's culture yeah. and, and yeah. DNA. And then you what you what a wonder! It sounds fantastic. Even just the visual. I'm hoping that the listeners are, are, are getting that kind of imagery that I was getting while you were talking about it of a family. You know, and just that how nice that must have been at, at home. Like, well, I've got photographs if you're able to share them in some yeah, way, yeah, shape, we will or be able form. to do on our socials, yeah. Um, yeah, then, yeah, that'd be great to um, see, yeah. Well, I went through my education as a teenager, music always being at the forefront of everything. Um, I started my own f- sort of folky style trio when I was about 14, 15. That was at school. Um, that was in Levensume. We were both talking about that, Gelly, weren't we? Because I went to school in Levensume. You used to live there. And um, those were the days in the mid-60s when if somebody spotted you, uh, we were spotted for when Johnny Hunt was the producer at Granada Studios. So we were able to do programmes like Scene at 6.30 and a programme called First Timers. I suppose these programs like the forerunner of the <laughs> Britain's Got Talent and those sort of things. There's yeah. always been these lovely little um, opportunities for people who are unknown to um, show what they can do. Then after school, I turned professional. Um, people always say to me, why do you play a bass guitar? In my piano studies, I'm left-handed, and in my piano studies, when I was studying Bach, It was the left hand that fascinated me. And I'd be in lots of trouble with my piano teacher. No, no, no. It's the delicacy Mm -hmm. and the beautiful melody of the right hand. I was like, I love the groove. You know, if J.S. Bach was still hearing what the groove of the left hand and the bass does, you know, that was what was really getting to me. So I borrowed a bass guitar and got myself in an all-girl band and we supported uh, the Equals. In Israel, baby, come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were riding high with baby, come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were little Jenny and the Heartbeats, four little English girls, all playing pop music. And we supported that tour in in Israel just after the Six Day War. It wasn't a very safe time to be there. Wow. Uh, I can remember, you know, hearing shells dropping and everything, but the theatres were packed with youngsters just desperate to hear yeah. pop music and dance. But it's that ba- it's that backdrop, though, isn't it, of the situation at the time, which contrasting, and not just contrasting, like the need for younger people to, to want to go out and enjoy themselves and just and in, enjoy music at that time. It's, it may, I mean, not only does it make it a great story, but it also makes it a great experience for you, but it's something that you'll all never forget. I, I would imagine just the whole... It's it's fascinating to, well, to hear. I, I was the baby of Jenny and the Heartbeats. Um, my band leader, Jenny, is in her 80s now. And two of the girls live in Scotland. And what the other girl lives in Blackpool. And I'll tell you what, when we get together, it's just in our diaries, what we wrote in our diaries at yeah. that time, it would just be like, did that really happen? We look at each other. It's, we wrote it in our diaries. It really did happen. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Great memories. But you're here for this now particularly because you're playing here at, at Billington's absolutely it, I'm not sure it's going to live quite up to some of the, the memories of supporting the equals in Israel but um, you know here, Gelly we've, we've spoke it's a brand new venue and it's it's, diff- it's a difficult time 
to, to open a business. We spoke on the first episode that uh, it was in a report recently that Oldham is the worst place in the country to open a new business. <laughs> so <laughs> I spoke to a music, I spoke to, I spoke to a, a comedy promoter yesterday and he said, oh yeah, that all sounds great apart from the fact that it's in Oldham. And it was like, and I said, look, mate, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm not prescribing to that. There's, there's quarter of a million people here. We can get 150 of them in a room. You know what I mean? And there's a need for a venue like this. There's a need for music and entertainment. Like you, with the six-day walk, there's always a time and a need, particularly when things are at the lowest, I think, that music and musicians are more valuable than ever. So, in, I mean, we're not. there's no six-day walk. Hopefully, we're never going to get to that desperation. But, you know, when times are hard, I think there's, there's, more, there's a need for people to let their hair down and for music to to be that release, isn't there? Very much so. Um, I discovered later on in my life that jazz was going to be very, very important to me. Growing up, um, as I mentioned, my parents, my daddy, um, adored the music of the big bands. So he, we would be listening to uh, Duke Ellington, Count Basie, Ted Heath, Oscar Peterson, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughan. These are all the artists that, as a little girl, Gelly's smiling, um, you, we, that we listened to. And the, the former wonderful venue that used to be the Free Trade Hall, that's oh, yeah. now a big hotel. So from the age of 13, 14, Daddy took me to all these concerts. Mm. So I think it was 1965. I get quite emotional. Mm. I sat there and watched Ella Fitzgerald wow. and Sarah Vaughan. And yet when I was playing my bass guitar with Jenny and the Heartbeats, and then I played with the German band called Sweet Dream, and you were playing pop and rock. And it's like... Loving jazz was like your guilty secret. It's like you, you had my little tiny little cassette player, which you had in those days, and you'd listen to jazz before you went to sleep, even though you'd just been doing a four-hour gig and your fingers were burning, and you had to drive for 10 hours the next day before the next gig. You'd just go to sleep listening to Ella Fitzgerald, and then you think, I wonder if I'll ever get to perform this kind of music. See, I was really lucky because I used to be the marketing manager for Jazz FM in the early days. So I met a lot of people because they would be coming in for interviews. So I'd be making them cups of tea and you have someone like Gary Crosby sitting on the, the kitchen counter with me, you know, while I make the tea. And, I, you know, when I had my show at All FM, it was ma mainly world music and some jazz. I interviewed Hugh Masekela, interviewed Terry Callier, and lots and lots of other people. So I, I was steeped in it all. I was so lucky. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, it, it's one of those things, Jazz, which is you either into it or you're not. And if you're into it, you're into it, it seems. The, the way I look at it, because I've grown up as an entertainer who loves jazz, I don't ever want to get so involved and introspective in my jazz that I ignore my audience. Yeah. My audience, the people who are listening, are the most important people. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate because the people who work with me, I kind of need to mention the guys that are going to be playing with me. Yeah. And what's wonderful about these guys is that we all think alike. We can all, you know, if we want to be jazz musicians that just improvise, we may as well just stay in our bedrooms and play for ourselves. Yeah. But you have to understand that not everybody loves that self-indulgent, oh, I'm going to do another 16 bars and another 16 bars and another 16 bars just because I can and just because it makes me happy. Yeah. I don't think like that. I look at my audience yeah. and I think, 
they want to hear the tune. So when am I going to stop improvising and just go back to the falling leaves drift by my window and just go back to what we call the head, which is the main part of the tune. Yeah. And the other thing we're finding um, is that as much as we love Gershwin and Irving Berlin and Cole Porter, jazz has moved on in a way. And a lot of the, you know, the Bill Withers, the um, the funky stuff, uh, you know, the Misha Paris, the, the artists that are more current, uh, that are soulful and bluesy and funky, we're including that in our jazz as well. Mm. So that we're not just playing for one age group. Mm. I think that's absolutely right. One of the first things, when I was training in radio, one of the first things I did was go out and get Vox Pops. And the question was, what is jazz? Yeah. And it was really interesting because nobody had the same answer. Yeah. Um, most people said it involves a saxophone. Mm. <laughs> but when I started talking about Ella Fitzgerald or, or a famous song that everyone would know, like Kind of Blue or, you know. Misty. Yeah. <laughs> people would say, oh, is that jazz? Because they didn't think of it as vocal music. Yeah. And they were really pleasantly surprised. Well, I like that kind of jazz. Yeah. So I think it's worth saying that Carol is going to be playing that kind of jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clinton's. Yeah, yes. thank you, Kelly. In fact, one of the reasons of my, of the CD I brought for you to listen to and maybe to include in this podcast if yeah. you would like to choose some titles is that I refer to myself as jazzette because the et, it's just like a little bit of jazz you know, to flavour the style of the music. Yeah, 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 I've got you. Yeah, I, I, th I think that's the thing. It's, it's, we're doing some nights in here where every month we're going, because this building's been open as a dance, it's actually been open as a dance school for over 100 years, but it's been called Billington's since the 1930s. So we're going to put on some events starting themed with the 30s through the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, up to the more current day. And the 30s one, it's, it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be that jazz kind of, uh, sort of like, I guess, pre-war jazz kind of stuff. And we're going to have in this, the, we're going to try and get this room to be like a 1930s um, nightclub. It'll be round tables, people having food. Because I think sometimes you need to try, we can't go back in a time machine. If we could, we would. But we can try and recreate something, can't we? And, and the whole ambience of that, when you talk like someone like Ella Fitzgerald, amazing amazing singer and 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 that's the kind of jazz that are, oh yeah that's the kind of jazz i like whereas like there is a whole other type of jazz that maybe you think well i don't really like but to experience somebody like that somebody singing those songs in the right environment with the you know if you get we get people to dress in the right way and we decorate the room then that kind of brings the whole thing to life it's it's a totally different experience isn't it than just listening to it on a on a cd or whatever yes because it's soaking up the vibes of how it was and yeah. how it used to be and recreating um i think must have been, must have been obviously pre-war i don't know do we look back at it and with rose tinted glasses and think it's almost quite romantic yeah i think because people you know certainly before the war people were realizing war was coming and they were very emotional you know, and then the, their partners were leaving them to go f for war. So I think that that time was incredibly romantic and emo emotional. You know, I remember my mother decided to marry my dad when he he was going to war in the Second World War. Yeah. And um, the boat she was supposed to be go back to Peru 
on was torpedoed and everybody killed. Right. So, you know, when you think that high emotion, low emotion. Yeah, yeah. There's no wonder everyone has rose-tinted spectacles That's because right. they can't handle the, the pain of that time. Mm. And then there's obviously the way that, that, that that's expressed through song yes. and, and how artists connect. You know, like you can imagine, you know, all the, the troops being entertained and, and these kind of singers coming and singing songs. You can imagine that, that all this, the, 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 the emotion. Have we got a, a cover for Gracie Fields to come down? Because she was from Rochdale. She was from yeah, Rochdale, that's yeah, awesome. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this is what I think, this is what, it's interesting to me because I have my taste in my era and we all do but like by having something like a venue like this and kind of like you know with the conversations that we've had Gelly and what you're interested in and um you know and then to sit down and be talking to someone like you this wouldn't be happening unless this venue was here you'd we'd met I'd like come up with the idea of putting this podcast studio in there and carrying all the things connect and then you have these experiences and that's what Billington's has always been it's been a community place where people connect and they have experiences through music, and that's what we're trying to recreate. That's what we're trying to capture for Oldham, and I'm excited about it. I know you're really keen to to, to see this place buzzing. Chris is, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of hard work. We've done a lot of hard work in terms. Chris has spent a lot of money on getting this place to, as it is. Now the next phase of the hard work starts with getting performers in and getting this place full and getting it buzzing. All the promotion, letting people know. Yeah. Letting people know what's going on. Yeah. Because Oldham as 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 nightlife has declined, for what I'm, I I travel around and tell people where I'm from, and they say, "Oh, you're from Oldham? We used to go. We used to go there on a Saturday night. We used to get a coach from you know, St Helens or Burnley or wherever, and they used to come over here for a night out." And well, it's, the Queen Elizabeth Hall, um, I used to play during the seventies. Uh, and early 80s um, with the lovely late Wally McKenzie Orchestra. Wally was from Oldham and he was a very, very well-known band leader and he had a traditional dance band of which I played bass guitar. It was when I'd finished my touring and my daughter was born and I needed to have more like a steady gigging job. So I was Wally McKenzie's bass player and I sang as well. Um, And we played regularly at the Queen Elizabeth Hall and when we were talking about a da- where people will do their ballroom dancing, that's where I learned things like a waltz should be 28 beats per minute. And uh, to make sure that competition dancers know they're going to dance at the correct tempo. Yeah. And the quick steps, the fox trots, the square tangos, all the Latin American music. In a way, thanks to Wally, uh, and if anybody's listening and remembers the late Wally McKenzie, um, he was just the most marvellous man. So a little bit of nostalgia there for yeah, any of yeah. your older listeners yeah. out there, Matt. Um, well, we're going to say, I'm going to send this off to Olden Community Radio. Ian at Olden Community Radio will, will no doubt play this, and, and there'll be people listening that, that, that remember. Fantastic. Yeah. My, my very first gig, because I'm, I'm not as experienced as Carol, I'm quite a nervous singer. But my not very, as old as me either. <laughs> <laughs> my very first gig was at the cellar bar in Oldham, play, singing Bossa Nova. There we go. The Queen, Queen Elizabeth Hall is a great venue. When you're inside it, it's uh, it's not much to look at from the outside. You don't really, but when you're inside it, it's it's a good space, and you know it's got those big things hanging down from the ceiling, which I presume are acoustic um, things. But it's a good, and, and there used to be a lot more on there than there is now. So the, the Mayor's Ball was on a few weeks ago. Yeah, because one of our musicians played piano. Yeah, and I went to a business awards and things like that there last year. But like, 
I think there's there is I know for a fact that there's an appetite for more in Oldham yeah. now. So yeah. I think that, I think this this place opening and and um, and that appetite is going to seal. And, and and you know I don't know if it's being picked up on the on the sound, but there is there's going to be an events venue there where they're just not down what was TJ Hughes and now the the building. So I, there's a lot of work going on, a lot of money being spent. So I think all, I think the nights out in Oldham are going to start getting better. Definitely. Starting on the 27th of May when you're here, obviously. Wait. I know. I can't yeah. wait. So what? So what? Just um, before we close off, can you just tell us what what we can expect then on the twenty seventh when you when you come in for Jazette? Well, I'll be bringing with me um, Andy and Johnny Gleave, uh, father and son. They're amazing. Andy is an incredible musician um, who's had a wealth of experience. He's uh, played really. I think all over like I have um, and he is one of these wonderful musicians that will just turn his hand to any genre of music. A couple of weeks ago uh, we were invited to play at the Ribble Valley Jazz Festival and we've done quite a lot of jazz work together but he's also a great singer. Mm-hmm. I tend to sing more in the sort of deep conversational uh, Autumn Leaves, I Got Rhythm, um, you know, it don't win a thing if it ain't got that swing. That's my kind of genre of style of music. But with Andy, you'll get things like um, the, um, the Bill Withers, Lovely Day. You'll get versions of Beatles songs that are kind of really groovy. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get versions of songs that are more blues, more soulful, more... Um, in in lots of different ways, more up to date, genre wise, funky, and that gives us such a wide variety of styles. He, he reminds me in in his vocal approach of Mark Murphy, actually. Right. Oh well, I'll let him know. But then the the Johnny Gleave, as in um, Young Mister Gleave, is um, Andy's son, and he's our drummer. So it's actually gorgeous to have. Well because I grew up in a musical family. Yeah. It's lovely for me at this yeah. stage of my life to work as part of another family. Yeah. It's almost like bringing it full circle. I was just checking my calendar, because I, I, I gig as well, like, just in a, in a duo, like just doing covers, but I'm, I've got no gig that night, so I can come. So that's good. Because <laughs> I'm looking forward to it now. Now you've explained it. It's like, you know, and that, you know, because you don't know what to expect when it's written down on a piece of paper, Gisette, you know, what, yeah. what is it? You know, but that's yeah. great now. It sounds exciting. Well, I'm it's definitely like, gonna like come. a sort of formal jazz trio. So you've got the keyboards, I play bass and the drummer and Andy and I both sing. Yeah. So within the three of us, it's, I mean, we can expand and bring in other musicians, but on this occasion, we're just going to show you what we do with the three of us. Looking forward yeah. to it. And uh, I just wanted to very quickly throw in that the last time I worked with the musicians, of course, there were five of them on that particular occasion, was at Bridgewater Hall. It was packed. Ah, wow. On their live at lunchtime programme. And also that, that Carol was featured on a, quite a popular BBC Two programme. Um, last year, was it? Um, called Rock Till Till we drop. we drop. And were you in Martin? You were in Lady Leisure's band. Lady Leisure, I was in her band, and Martin Kemp um, mentored the other band. Mm. That was BBC Two. I think it's still there, isn't it? I think it's still, I think you can still find us on iPlayer. Is it on iPlayer? Yeah. Okay, great stuff. Yeah, we'll have to check that out then. Well, there we go. Fantastic. I've really, I, this is one of those things where I could have sat here and talked for a lot longer. Uh, about well about loads of stuff but maybe we'll have to do it again another time 
after after you've been on and maybe when you're on again because we need to talk about the, I, I need we need to talk I need to talk to you about this 30s night and this 40s night you because because you, you I mean everything I need to know is is here because <laughs> I know nothing but I've got this vision but I, I I need people to help me make this vision come to life so I'll, we'll talk again about that but I'll see you on the 27th uh, and hopefully some of our listeners will as well thank you so much for coming in and talking it's been fantastic Billingtons and the Heart of Oldham is produced for Billingtons by QPod. It's hosted and produced by Matt Dean with the support of Christoph Zemlick and Bradley Marston. For more information about the venue, please visit billingtonsoldham.co.uk and follow on social media at Billingtons Oldham. The music is elevator music, bossing over background music, 60s version by Les FM for Pixabay royalty-free music. Thanks for listening. See you next time.